and be known. These are two of our deepest needs as relational beings. In this fast-paced, disconnected, digital world, it's easy to have all the followers we want, to have all the connections, to have all the fans, but still feel completely alone. We were made for more than relational dissonance. We were made in the image of the triune God for community, fellowship, and kingdom-centered relationships. Today, I'm starting a new four-week sermon series called Known. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the Psalms, the writings of Paul and Peter, and, and the very words of Jesus to gain a deeper understanding and appreciation of God's intention and design for his creation. So as we begin the series today, we're going to set down in Psalm 139 and what it has to say about the very moments, the very beginning of human life. But before we begin, I have a few questions that you can either write down or just tuck it away for, to think about for future consideration. When was the last time you were called wonderful? When was the last time that you felt deeply, personally known by another person? When was the last time that you thought about what it means to be a saint, a member of God's holy priesthood, a friend and a family member of Jesus himself? When was the last time? Let me give you a spoiler. God has said all of these things about you, and he knows you more deeply and more thoroughly than anyone else does. Psalm 139 is credited to King David from such stories as David and Goliath. Not so good, David and Bathsheba. David and his mighty men. David was the conquering king of Israel. A simple shepherd boy turned into a mighty man for God. Now David lived both a complicated and a blessed life filled with stories of heroic triumph and agonizing pain and suffering. King David was far from perfect, but yet he is also known as the man after God's own heart. Psalm 139 is an amazing look into David's intimate relationship with an understanding of God. Picking up in verse 1, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. 
Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. An incredible passage. David marvels at the omnipotence and omnipresence of God in his life. We're going to talk a little bit more about this point next week, but it's clear that God has a full awareness, a full understanding of David's life. David understands that he is fully known by God. God knows when you sit down and when you stand up. He knows your thoughts. He knows your words. He knows what way you're heading and why you want to get there. If you didn't know better, you think I was just describing a stalker. But even David acknowledges just how difficult it is to understand the breadth of God's comprehension. God's knowledge and understanding are things too wonderful and too lofty. In fact, Isaiah says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has abilities so far outside of ours that we can't even imagine the extent of them. Imagine for a moment the smartest person you know personally. For me, it's Dr. Charles Schutz. He's a professor of mine in my undergrad, and he was a man who was an amazing individual. He never completed high school, but yet had a PhD. Still don't know how you can do that. It might not even be possible in all reality, but he was the smartest man I ever met. And I I remember sitting there and just listening to him. Whoever that person is for you, it could be a mentor, a family member, a trusted advisor, but whoever it is, think for just a moment about how you interact with that person when they're sharing knowledge with you. You trust them. You share with others what they have said to you. You give them the benefit of the doubt because of their expertise and their understanding. You don't waste any time second-guessing them. It's a completely reasonable response when interacting with someone who has superior knowledge. Brings us to the next section of Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13. He says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. In this section, we begin to understand how God's level of comprehension and involvement extend all the way to the very moments of creation. The very words 
thoughts, intentions over your life are in fact this. You are wonderful, marvelous, and beautiful. You are wonderfully made. These are the chosen words of the one who spoke the entire universe into existence. The one who watches over and tends to all things at all times. The one who is the smartest being in the entire cosmos. These words matter because their source is worth listening to and believing today. Despite anything you may have heard or anything you have come to believe, you are in fact wonderful, marvelous, and beautiful. I'd venture to guess it's been a long time since some of you have been called wonderful. Probably even longer since someone has called you marvelous. When David wrote Psalm 139, he understood God enough to recognize how God sees his creation. David further understood that this applied to him personally. We have before us a creator God with unlimited knowledge, unlimited comprehension, who so intricately and intimately formed each and every life and knows exactly who you are and what you are. For some, this might be an uncomfortable thought. For others, it's probably encouraging and uplifting. Either way, Either way, it's the truth that we live in. And yet, there are so many of us who don't feel wonderful, marvelous, or beautiful. We feel unknown and unloved. We feel increasingly lonely in an increasingly crowded world. And it all just feels like something is off. So what's the disconnect? What's the disconnect between what God says about us and how we feel about ourselves? And is there a way to restore that connection? Maybe some of you, especially those who are a little bit older, have probably played the telephone game. You know, it's a simple game. You have a line of people, and the first person whispers something into the person's ear next to them, and then that person whispers what they hear, and that person whispers what they hear, and you get all the way down to the end of the line, and that person has to say what they've said, and generally the message has nothing to do with what the first message was. That original message is wildly distorted the further down the line it goes. With that illustration in mind, can you imagine how a clear message like you are fully known, loved, and forgiven can so easily become distorted as it makes its way through all the chaos and distortion of this life? Every day is another opportunity to hear mixed messaging destructive messaging, and confusing messaging about who you are. 
Not to mention there is a very real enemy who wants nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy every good thing that God has placed in your life. This is why it's so incredibly important to connect with and to get yourself rooted in the truth every single day. Think of it as restoring the connection. Time that you go back to the source of the message and hear clearly what is being spoken about your life. All of us, all of us need to make sure that we are getting undistracted and unhindered time with our Father in heaven so that we can hear and receive the truth as it was originally intended for us to hear it and to receive it. Don't settle for a poor connection or a distorted message. Psalm 139 gives us a clear picture of at least two things that we need to hold close to us at all times. Number one, God's comprehension and understanding of all things has no limits. He knows and sees every single aspect of our lives for better or for worse. And number two, the all-knowing, all-seeing God of the universe says that we are wonderful. We also know this divine truth gets distorted and lost in the chaos of our life. Maybe part of the reason why so many of us feel disconnected, lonely, and unknown is because we've drifted too far away from the original message. We've gone too far down the line in the telephone game. It's important to establish a strong connection to the source every single day to make sure that we are getting that truth into our life every day. We can do this through multiple ways. Bible study, devotion, small groups, prayer, fellowship, silence and solitude, and yes, even Sabbath rest. There's a multitude of of ways, powerful ways to connect with God each and every day. So let me ask you, Where can you carve out time this coming week to get reconnected to your Father? What can you say no to so that you can say yes to Jesus? What habits or practices can you eliminate that are only bringing more distortion and chaos into your life? What's it worth to you this week? to get to a place where you can receive the truth that you are, in fact, fully known, fully loved, wonderful, marvelous, and beautiful. Heavenly Father, thank you that you you know everything about us and you call us wonderful, marvelous, and beautiful. So often, we don't think of ourselves that way, but that is how you think of us. Help us to reconnect with you. 
Help us to see ourselves as you see us. Not as the world sees us, not as we see ourselves, but as you see us. Help us to be fully known by you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.